0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. We are so blessed to be with you this morning. If I haven't got to meet you before, uh, my name's Tim, uh, my wife Katie, we've been here a little over two years now, something like that. Uh, I'm not always here, so if I haven't got to meet you before, it's not, uh, uh, if you're looking at me going, who's the weird guy, it's because I'm not always here. Um, I'm an evangelist. We travel full time, and so we're only here a few times uh, a, a year, and, and this is our home church. A couple years ago, we had services here, and really felt God asked us to kind of stay, and so you haven't been able to get rid of us since, and so we kind of operate as the staff evangelist, which means I take uh, all your resources, and I mooch off of them. Amen. So... I'm thankful for that. But uh, we're so excited. Pastor Jason will be back here next, uh, next Sunday of Father's Day. Father's Day next week. Hint, hint. Father's Day next week. So uh, it'd be a great, uh, great day for you to be in church next Sunday. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them up to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah chapter 59. Uh, you can go on the YouVersion Bible app, all that stuff, and look that up. In fact, you know what? I-, I always have this contest with Pastor Kyle. So let's do this right now. If you have a smartphone, open up your smartphone on the little uh, Face Facebook thing. Uh, go open that up and go to the Faith Assembly thing and share the live event that's on there right now. It's the thing that they're bro- Are you broadcasting, Nate? Is that on? Yeah, so go there, share that, because we have a contest to see who can get the most shares, all right? So can you help me win today? All right, so I need you to go on there, open it up right now. I know preachers always say put your phones away, but open them up right now, and and like share it right now, and all that kind of stuff, and then like it, and all that kind of good stuff, and then I'll beat Pastor Kyle, make me feel better about my life, all right? So appreciate that. We just got back. Uh, you're you're kind of in for it today. Uh, uh, we just got back. I've been on vacation for the last week. Just got back yesterday from the beach. And so, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, I'm stubborn. I don't know if you've uh, been around me enough to know this yet. I'm stubborn enough, and I'm kind of preppy. So I always kind of trying to have whatever you know, and, and trying to have look nice or whatever. But I have like you. If you're four or five rows close, you can see it. If you're four or five rows back, you can't. Uh, but uh, I got this little scruff here right now, and I'm just going to tell you up front the reason I. Look Look like a hobo is because it's a dare. All right, Uh, I hadn't shaved, and so my wife said, "There's no way I would preach with this stuff still on my chin." So, it's on my chin, and I get a triple berry pie out of that. All right, so you do it too. You do it too. So here we are, Isaiah chapter fifty-nine. Isaiah chapter fifty-nine. Excited for what the Word of the Lord has for us here this morning. Isaiah chapter fifty-nine. We're going to read a good portion of the scripture all the way through verse nineteen. Isaiah chapter 59, I'm going to start at verse 1, go all the way through verse 19. It's crazy how the Word of God, written a couple thousand years ago, can so accurately describe our current culture. We serve a God that is incredibly relevant. Hello. We serve a God that is incredibly relevant, that he's with us here, and now he's the one who is, and the one who was, and the one who is to come, which means he is our ever-present help in time of need, which means if you're trying to live in yesterday's sorrows and pains, my God can save you, and redeem you, and forgive you. If you're here today, and you feel all alone, my God is walking with you. He sticks closer than a brother does. If you're scared of what tomorrow has to bring, I got news for you, he's gone to prepare a place for you, that he'll come back and receive you to himself, that where he is, there you may be also. I serve a God who is very relevant everywhere, anytime, any place I go. My God is with me, everywhere I go. Come on somebody. So I'm very thankful for that today, and here in Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah is talking about the sin and the calamity of of this world, and and today I want to talk to you about maybe, it might be like some hot button issues or maybe some words that people want want to associate with political parties or different things like that, but today I want us to remove ourselves from allowing the world to influence us more than God. We do that. Many of us, are, we are more loyal to a political party or a union or, or, or some talking head on the television than we are loyal to the voice of Jesus Christ. Love you. Many of us are, we, we, we listen to more of what the world has to say and allow that to shape our thoughts and our minds and our lives more than we allow the eternal word of God. And so today, I want to talk to you about the culture of collusion. The culture of collusion. Collusion means uh, conspiracy. The parties get together and, and they conspire to try and manipulate or deceive and, and make things happen in their own way at their own time. And listen, I'm, I'm not talking about Republicans or Democrats today, conservatives or liberals. Or, I, I'm not talking even about particular nations or things like that. Listen to me. Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. He's not a libertarian. He's not in the Green Party. He's not a United States citizen. Uh, he Listen, he, he, he's not conservative or liberal. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we ought to follow Him and worship Him as such. And so today, let's look at that first before we begin to allow our temporary mentalities to take over what the eternal Word of God has to say in our relevant lives right here, right now, today. Amen? Come on. If you found Isaiah chapter 59, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah 15, now we're going to start at verse 1, now listen, uh, verse 1 is really, really, really good, and then like the next uh, 17 verses are like super dark, all right, so don't get depressed, all right, it gets really good at the end, uh, but just stick right with me, all right, and you'll see how God works his way out all the time. Every time, on time, right? What a good God we serve. So uh, Isaiah chapter 59, starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the New International Version. You might be looking at the NLT or the New King Jimmy or all that kind of stuff, but whatever works for you right now, let's look to God's Word. Isaiah chapter 59, starting at verse 1, says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to say, nor his ear too dull to hear. Didn't I tell you verse 1 is good? What a good God. But here we go. Buckle in. "...but your iniquities have separated you from God, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear." For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, your tongues mutter wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. They hatch the eggs of vipers and spin a spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs will die, and when one is broken, an adder is hatched. Their cobwebs are useless for clothing. They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their uh, Their deeds are evil, and the acts of violence are in their hands. Their feet rush to sin they are swift to shed innocent blood their thoughts are evil thoughts ruin and destruction marks their ways i told you this gets kind of dark the way of peace they do not know there is no justice in their paths they have turned them into crooked roads no one walks in them will know their pe- uh, will know peace no uh, so justice is far from us righteousness does not reach us we look for light but all is darkness for brightness but we walk in deep shadows like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. We all growl like bears. We moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice, but find none. For deliverance, that it is far away. For our offenses are are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities, rebellion, and treachery against our God. I don't know if you've noticed this or not yet, but uh, I'm going to keep reading. But I want you to realize that at the beginning it was talking about their sin, their iniquities. They have fallen away from God. It's their problem. Now all of a sudden Isaiah has shifted from they, they, they to we, we, we. He's not being French. Come on, somebody. Us. This is our problem. We've created this. We are all in the same boat, all right? Y'all with me? So verse 13, rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, fomenting oppression and revolt, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. This is where it gets really good. And he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him. His own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak according to what they have done so he will repay wrath to his enemies, retribution to his foes. He will repay the islands their due from the west. Men will fear the name of the Lord. Lord from the rising of the sun they will revere his glory for he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along or some of your translations will read when the enemy comes in like a flood the Lord will raise up a standard against him come on let's pray father one more time would you release the power of your written word into our lives Lord, in the mighty name of your son Jesus, I pray again, Lord, that we would allow the gifts of God to be stirred up in us. And one more time, we would allow truth to be stood back up on its feet again in our culture, in our town, in our city, in our community, this county, and around the world. I pray that the church of Jesus Christ would shake herself out of the muck and mire of this world. And one more time, we would come out from under the influence, and we would be the influence in this dark world, and be that shining city set on a hill. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said, amen. amen, amen. God bless you. Look at somebody as you're seated and say, buckle up. <laughs> I, I love... I really do love to preach, I I, I love it, it's what God's called me to do in my life when I was just a little kid, 11 years old, God called me into full-time ministry, and uh, I've been preaching since I was 17 years old, and so uh, I love love this deal, and I told you all this to say I haven't preached for two weeks because I've been on vacation, so, you ready? All right. So, I'm excited for what God has for us today. I, I believe many of us, we live uh, in a way, and I believe we're hungry. I believe our culture, I believe the people around us are hungry for a genuine, fresh move of the Holy Spirit and His power. I, I believe that our, our, our community is ready for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit to be placed in front of them so that their faith will not rest upon the wisdom of men, but will rest squarely upon the shoulders of the one that bore the cross on Mount Calvary. I'm so excited for what what God is doing in these last days as we've been traveling full-time now for um, 13 years. We've watched God, just over the last several months, we've watched everything just kind of ramp up. More people are being saved than what we've ever seen before. Manifestations and giftings and healings and signs and wonders more than what we've ever seen before. Uh, I mean, God is God is up to something in these last days. I even just got, even just uh, last, this past week, I got, a, uh, somebody sent me an email from a service we just had of uh, several, I think two or three weeks ago, uh, somebody was there and we prayed for this uh, this person uh, that she wasn't able to have a baby married and having all this stuff that was going on. She wasn't able to become pregnant. Seven days later, she took the test and found out that there was a baby growing inside of her. I'm telling you, God is up to something in these last days. We've watched God do some amazing things. I remember even just a few weeks ago, this lady that had... Um, uh, uh, it was like bone spurs. Or I don't know what that's called. Like Every time she took a step, it's like she's walking on rocks. And in, an, in an instant, God touched her right there in that moment. She began to jump up and down and run back. I'm telling you, we serve a faithful God. And I believe here today in the name of Jesus, when you project the truth of God's word, God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I believe today in the name of Jesus that as I preach the revelation of who Jesus is, I believe the confirmation and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is going to take over in this place. I believe tumors will disappear. disappear. I believe hearts will begin to pump again. I believe air is going to pump back into your lungs. I believe arthritis is going to be driven out of your body. I believe diabetes is defeated. I believe the back of depression is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your moment. This is your day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of the word of God that he is here with us right here, right now in this moment. But we serve and we live in a world that is full of collusion. I don't know if you realize this or not. There is an enemy that has come to kill, steal, and destroy you. There is no doubt. Jesus said it himself in John chapter 10. There is an enemy that has come to kill, steal, and destroy you. There's an enemy that's trying to manipulate and conspire with the world. That's what collusion is, secret conspiracy. It's backdoor deals, things that are happening that's trying to ruin your life. I got news to you. As much as the enemy is coming against you, I serve a Jesus who has come to give you life and life more abundantly. And today, when we look at the truth of God's word, I believe the giftings of the Holy Spirit that were placed in you a long time ago, I believe the breath of God's gonna be blown over in your life, and the gifts of God are gonna get stirred up and be fanned into flame, and we're gonna walk out of here on fire for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Oh, amen, myself, if you don't give me one. I feel good about preaching today. So here we are in this passage of scripture. It's amazing how God's word is timeless. Timeless. How do we change this culture of collusion? Because let's be honest, everybody is suspicious of everybody. When you don't believe anybody anymore. Some of you are sitting there wondering whether or not to believe me. Come on. Let's be truthful about it right now. Who is that guy up there looking like a hobo with his scruff, you know, trying to spit and scream and holler about Jesus? You're questioning whether, listen to me, everybody is, is, is we're, we're, we're scared that we're, what's, why is he talking to me? Who is that? Is that, is that actually true? You know? How do we change this culture where everybody is so suspicious and it's always about the negative and it's not about how good God is? I believe for too long we've talked about how bad the world is. I believe it's time for us to talk about how good our God is. How do we change this culture of collusion? Well, uh, Basically, I'm going to look at this in three different compartments this morning. I'm going to tell you what the problem is not. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. And then I'm going to tell you the answer. All right, just letting the cat out of the bag right now. All right, so the problem, what the problem is not. How do we change this culture of collusion? Here's what the problem is not. Verse one, that the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Hello. Let me tell you that again. The arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. What am I telling you? The problem is not God. I serve a God who is constantly caring for me. I serve a God who cares for me on my worst day. Listen, how do you change the culture of collusion? It's with the constant care of God. We allow God to be God and realize I am not and he is. The arm of God is not too short to save. Say what am I telling you today? I'm telling you this. You can't do something so bad that God stopped loving you. You can't do something so wrong that it's disqualified you from the grace and mercy of God. Nothing can ever, listen to me, nothing ever disqualifies you from the grace of God as long as you are living on planet earth. The grace of God, the love of God is chasing you down right now. I love that song we sang as Tim was leading us. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you got a, a double barrels of Tim. Tim was leading in worship and Tim's preaching. Come on, somebody. I love that that, that line in the verse that says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. Can you get that picture? When I was fighting against God, God was actually fighting for me. God was working for me. Long before I ever gave up and surrendered to God, God was fighting for me. Listen, here's the thing when I'm telling you today. Nothing has separated you and driven you away from the love of God. God's been chasing you down. He's been running after you on your worst day. When your mom is done loving you, I got news for you. You have not exhausted the love of God. By the resource of the love of God, I pray today that somehow, some way, we would be able to get a small picture of how high and how deep and how long the love of God really Really is for our lives today on your worst day while we were still sinners while we went to work and we took part of those situ- those conversations we had no part of being a part of when we showed up late but we clocked in like we were on time when we were doing things we shouldn't have done or sometimes we do things we shouldn't do God's love still after you you want to know how I know this you're still here you're still here The arm of God is not too short to save. If it wasn't for the arm of God, you'd already be dead. I know I could say that for me. Whether it's from uh, 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 physical things or or, or, uh, car accidents or uh, different situations or circumstances or dumb decisions I've made myself. If it wasn't for the arm of God, I'd already be dead. You being here is the very proof to let you know the arm of God is not too short to save. I was in Wilmington, Delaware several years ago and uh, watched this uh, lady come forward and I was preaching in this uh, brand new church plant and she had just recently been saved. Her her name was February, right? February, I don't know about you, I've never met February. (laughs) I've met June, hello, right? I've even met in August, I've met in April, come on. I've met May, hey, never met February. February comes up. She tells me, uh, this, this little tiny black lady, she comes up and shakes my hand, and she says, hey, my name's February. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, your name's February. She goes, I want you to know I, 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 God has saved me and redeemed me. I'm, I'm following Jesus Christ, but I want to tell you what I used to be. I, I, was, I, I was a lesbian. I lived a lesbian lifestyle. I worked as a prostitute, and I was addicted to all kinds of drugs you couldn't even imagine. But God has saved me and redeemed me. And the the woman that I used to live with, and we were lovers, and she also worked with me, uh, I I, I invited her to church this week. I want you to know I don't live with her anymore. I don't practice that lifestyle anymore. God has set me free. But I want you to know that she's coming to church, and you better be preaching the truth of God's word this week. That's true. Like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm not in Kansas anymore, you know. So February brings this lady forward she comes and she she comes and uh, I tell you what the, it was a powerful moment uh, I preached the first night on a Friday night she just stood there right and then Saturday night stood there but then Sunday morning came she come walking forward and then at that point it was a little storefront church she comes walking forward and gives her life to Jesus that Sunday morning. February was, cha- uh, I mean, she, she led more people to Christ on the streets of Wilmington, Delaware, what we've ever seen before. We went out and did a tent revival in Wilmington, Delaware, in the middle of this park. Wilmington, Delaware is actually, the, for the per capita, the highest, uh, 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 what's that called, uh, violent crime in the United States of America. Wilmington, Delaware is the word. Violent crime being like rape and assault and, and you know, things, that, a battery and that kind of stuff. Wilmington, it sounds weird, right? The police told us in the middle of Wilmington, Delaware that we had to be done before it was dark because they couldn't guarantee our safety. The first night I was there, somebody took uh, screws and stuff and jabbed them up in the tires of my car. First night I was preaching, somebody was stabbed less than uh, 100 yards away from when I was, when I was preaching. But that week we watched pimps and drug addicts, prostitutes, we watched them all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What a powerful moment it was. Uh, February, because of the lifestyle she lived, uh, as she ended up, her body had to succumb to the things and the, the, the decisions that she had made in her life and her body uh, ended up giving up. And, and she passed away a few years ago. And the pastor there uh, was able to preach the funeral. And the, the church was packed full of every pimp and drug addict. And, 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 and every I'm you, it was packed full. And they heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ listen to me, on your worst day you think you've done something so bad that you've driven away the love of God I got news for you, as long as you are alive God is chasing you down, he's coming after you, you haven't done something so bad that God's given up on you, the arm of God is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear what am I telling you today, do not give up on what God is doing in your life just because you started praying for something two weeks ago, or maybe three years ago, or ten years ago, doesn't mean the answer is not on its way, God heard you on day one when you were praying, God heard your cry on day one he was right there sitting with you on the edge of your car seat when you walked out of that doctor's office shaking, barely being able to put the key into the ignition because of what you were just told I got news to you my God was sitting in the passenger seat with you he knew exactly what you were going through he knew the pain that you were in and he heard your cry on day one just because the answer hasn't come doesn't mean he didn't hear you Daniel had the same thing happen to him Daniel, and in scripture, Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days. On day one, he began to pray and cry out for the deliverance of Israel, for revival to come through that nation as they were in captivity. And on day 21, the angel of the Lord shows up to Daniel and says, Daniel, I want you to know that that God heard your cry on day one, and he dispatched me on day one. But on my way, the prince of Persia, which was he was meaning the devil himself, uh, hit, hit up with the angel of God and was fighting with, with the angel of God, uh, but not allowing him to get to Daniel because Daniel kept praying, because Daniel kept asking, because he kept seeking, because he kept knocking. I got news to you: We are not in a battle with flesh and blood against the powers and against the rulers and against the spiritual authorities of this dark world. But our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through prayer to the pulling down of those strongholds of darkness. You have the authority in Jesus' name to speak things into existence even though they are not you can say they are under the authority of Jesus Christ you can speak to a mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and that big ball of dirt has to waddle right out into the waves because you said so under the authority of Jesus Christ I serve a God of constant care his arm is not too short to save nor is his his ear too dull to hear he heard your cry on day one don't give up on God now I want you to look back. God hasn't given up on you. Hello. God hasn't given up on you. God has not given up on you because you're here. Look back at all the little small victories. I bet right now, if you were to go back and look and realize how God was with you, how you should be dead already, but God's been with you every step of the way. Here's what I'm telling you big doors swing on small hinges. Big doors swing on small hinges. Look back at all the little things that God's given you, been with you every step of the way. He's given you breath. you got clothes on your back. You're sitting in church on a beautiful uh, summer morning in, in, in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. God's been with you every step of the way. He's not left you. You're not forgotten. You're not pushed aside. The ear of God is not too dull to hear. He heard your cry on day one. Do not give up now. Rejoice in the small things. Do not despise the small beginnings, but keep persevering. Keep pressing forward because you know in this present circumstance you can persevere and perseverance produces character and that character will produce hope. And it's not hope in what I can do in and of myself. It's hope that knowing if God can save me, I bet he could save my husband. If God could save my husband, I bet he could save my son. If God could save my family, I bet could reach my community. If God could reach my community, I bet He could get me a job. If God could get me a job, I bet He could heal my body. And you just take step, step after step, after step, after step, every day. God is with you every moment of every day. His arm is not too dull to save, or too short to save. His ear is not too dull to hear. My God is with you every step of the way. And just in the moment when you think you don't have what it takes, that's where the strength of God is made perfect. and where sin abounds, grace abounds there all the more. What a good God we serve today. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, amen. My son. Amen. What a good God we serve today. If you were saved like I saved, you'd give God glory in this house too. The constant care of God. The problem is not God. But your iniquities have separated you from God in verse 2. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for justice, no one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Here's the problem. It's the collusion of confusion. The problem is the confusion this world tries to spin us into. We rely on empty arguments, on things that's just nothing but hot air and smoke and mirrors, on temporary band aids the world tries to give to us, and we push aside the eternal truth of God's word. But listen to me, folks. It was our choice that put us there. It's our choice that put us there. Verse two or verse three says, uh, "Yeah, it says." Uh, uh, to, uh, verse two says, "Your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear." Your iniquities, our iniquities have separated us from God. Iniquities means like it's a perversity. How we try and manipulate and try and make things happen for our glory and our benefit and try and work it out in our timing and when we want it. And we try and tell God when to do things because we know how it needs fixed. That's our iniquity. As we try and manipulate and pervert truth and try and manipulate people. We, listen, we do that. We, manip- we try and manipulate our coworkers, our children, our family members. We try and manipulate people at church. We try and manipulate how people see us and, and look at us. Uh, come on, we do it all the time. I know here in southwestern PA, we're really good at manipulating people to let them think we're victims. If people will, if we could tell everybody how bad it is, and we could complain so much, I'm, listen, I'm not here to belittle your problems today. I'm, I'm not trying to do that at all. And what I'm trying to magnify is how good God is compared to the problems of this world we take this victim mentality because we think if people will feel sorry for us, if we can get our name on enough prayer chains and we can go around, and these things aren't necessarily bad, but when we focus on that and we try and get people to look at us and we we allow our problems and our pain and the sin of this world to manipulate and get more attention because we feel that's the only way we can get self-value and worth is when people feel pity on us. I got news for you. You are worth more than the pity of this world. The cross of Jesus Christ cries out your worth. But our iniquities, have, have, we have separated us from God. The Bible says that our sin has separated us from God. For the wages of sin is death. Here's the entitlement mentality that we have. We feel like we deserve everything. We don't work, we don't do anything. Uh, we feel like just because we're human beings uh, and we live in the United States and so we should have all this stuff. I got news to you. The Bible says we deserve one thing and one thing alone. For the wages of sin is death. You want to be entitled to something, you're entitled to die. Feel good about that. <laughs> right? The Bible says we are entitled to death. That's it. We're not entitled to health care. We're not entitled to food. We're not entitled to clothing on our back. We're not even entitled to breathe. We're entitled to die. That make you feel good. We don't deserve anything but death. Our, sin, our iniquity has separated us from God. The Bible says here that our sin has hidden God's face from us. Sin is that habitual offense. It's missing the mark. It's going against exactly what God's word says. And I'm not here today to be a laundry line preacher, to tell you what shows not to watch or what internet sites not to go to or all the different things not to eat or to sleep, whatever, all the, the relationships not to be in. I believe the Holy Spirit of God's big enough to do his own job. But I'm here to tell you today, there's a lot of things we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. There's a lot of things that we a lot to consume and influence us that we, should, that we as Christians in the body of Jesus Christ should have no business allowing to get into our lives whatsoever. There's still a standard of holiness that needs lifted up. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Let's be honest. The only Jesus some people see is you. What kind of picture are you giving them? It's hidden the face of God from us. such a vivid picture Jesus is hanging on the cross he was wounded for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities and as he was hanging on the cross he cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me and God the father turned his face from his son. Our sin is so grotesque, it's so disgusting that God the Father can't even barely, he had to turn away as his son bore our sin. We think it's no big deal. If you can make God turn his face away from you, I got news for you, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, this is serious. This is where confusion comes in because we begin to go uh, to different 16 different places. we we'll have 13 different people go out and tell 13 different things and we allow confusion to overtake us. We listen to, to, to talking heads on the television or from different sources or different people and we try and get different groups to agree with us and the more people that can agree with us and we take the Bible and we try and pervert it and twist it to make it work for us. And, and that, listen, that's what religion does. That's what religion does. Religion is, is man's attempt to manipulate and get people to have to come to man so they have to, so, to get to God. Because if you've got to go to somebody to get to God, that means that person has the power. When Jesus came, he set us free from all of that. He set us free so that all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you are immediately connected to Jesus Christ. That's why when he gave his life on that cross, the veil was torn in two, giving us direct access into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But confusion sets in because we try and manipulate and make things work on our own. And we go on empty arguments. Some of us are more loyal to unions and political parties and things of this world than we are loyal to the truth of God's word. Wake up. You are being manipulated and you are allowing yourself to be a tool of the confusion of this world. My God is not the author of confusion. And if you are bringing confusion, you are not working for God. This is hard preaching, but it's good preaching. And it's time our culture hears it again. The Bible says that we rely here on empty arguments. They rely on empty arguments. Why don't you, you watch or you read a news article, eternal and whatever, and, and you hear somebody ask a question, The answer, is it, it, they talk for for five, ten minutes about something you have no idea what they just talked about, they didn't even come close to answering the question, nor do you know what they said after they were done talking. And then what we do? The empty arguments, they just swirl in and around, and, and we, they, and they're, they're, listen, they're just basically gone by whatever opinion, whatever opinion Paul told them to say. Because they're just trying to manipulate you into voting for them or giving them money or doing the different things so that they can not just get the money. Listen, they're not there to get your money. A- 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 listen, our, our congressmen and our senators and this political people, listen, they're not paying an awful lot of money to really do their job. All the money comes from all the backdoor conspiracy and collusion that comes in from different companies and nations and things that they want to come and manipulate us and make you, and fool you into thinking you're doing what is right for you. But at the end of the day, it's just tearing down you and everybody around you. This is not a political problem. This is a spiritual issue. Because, listen, I believe the church of Jesus Christ has far forgotten the gift of the Holy Spirit called discernment. We go with whatever is the most charismatic, whatever is the loudest, whatever is the trendiest, whatever gets the most likes on YouTube or Facebook. We assume that has to be it that's popular. Let's go do that. We rely on empty arguments. The Bible says in verse verse five, they hatch the eggs of vipers and spin a spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs will die and when one is broken, an adder is hatched. We live in a culture of snake eggs and spider webs. We live in a culture of snake eggs and spider webs. Our culture is, is, is perverse. The Bible here says that these snake eggs that they hatch the eggs of vipers, pit vipers. And when one of them when one of the eggs are crushed, we think we're doing a good deed, but we're actually just letting another adder loose. And that here these these particular words it's talking about a particular breed of pit viper. And 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 how many understand Isaiah wrote this in the desert? Y'all understand that, right? Most of these, most of these adders, uh, known as snakes, these pit vipers, known as adders, most of them are, are northern type snakes that live in the colder regions, and and it's it's so. I know Isaiah is not exactly talking about those snakes. There is a particular adder that lives around the desert regions called the puff adder. This pit viper is one of the most venomous snakes in the world. Not because it's it, not because its venom is so point, uh, potent, because its venom it, its fangs are so thick and so long and so deep that this snake can actually bite into a rhinoceros and within minutes the rhinoceros is dead. Hello. And this snake this it, it goes right into this. Listen, you think your skin you think your your skin's thick. You think you can handle it? I don't need anybody else's help. I know. Listen, I know this mentality. I, I was raised in southwestern PA like many of you. All my family, they're all coal miners. All my wife's family, they're all coal miners. In fact, her dad and her brother, her brother's are still a boss in Bailey Coal Mine over on the other side of Greene County. I know the blue-collar mentality. is—we're suspicious of everybody, when you don't think you're suspicious of people, what happens when somebody you don't know pulls up in your driveway? Huh? I know what I do. Hey, where I live, you call 911, but it's going to be a half hour, 45 minutes before the police can get there because it's, you know. So I don't call 911. I call Smith & Wesson. You know what I'm saying? Hello. I'll protect my family. You better believe it, Jack. You might walk in my house. You're going to get carried out. No, listen. That's funny, kind of. But our blue-collar mentality says that we don't need anybody else's help. We can do this on our own. We try and isolate ourselves because we think, all oh, look at those people. They're too good. Look at that preacher up there. Who does he think he is? Doesn't shave. <laughs> 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 all right? He wears a little fluffy thing in his whatever. So you what think he is. I read the Bible, I know what the Bible says, I do job, I've been here before you and I'll be here after you. I know our mentality. I live it, baby, I'm, I'm here. I know our mentality. We think we can do it and then we just go around, we see a snake and we all oh, we'll will handle this. And instead of killing one, we actually let one loose. These puff adders, they actually just lay alongside the walkways. And as people are walking, uh, listen, they're not not really an aggressive snake, but they'll bite you if you step close enough or you step on one. And as you just are going through life thinking you're doing your own thing, one latches out and bites right into you what you think is a thick skin. And you're dead within minutes. Bible says here that that we we, we crush the eggs and another adder is let loose, that we spin spider's webs. No idea you're going to be talking about snakes and spiders in church today, huh? Some of y'all picking your feet up off the ground right now. But as, as, we, as we wrestle and we try and struggle in and of our own strength, I got news for you: The more you struggle in a spider web, the more you're going to get caught in it. And the more you struggle in that spider, it's like ringing a dinner bell to the spider. It's that sending vibrations out to wherever that spider is and it can sense him and ooh, it comes down. And a spider does not eat you alive. i got news for you. A spider takes its fangs and sinks them into you and sucks the life right out of you, sucks your blood right out of you. And you, put, you become a shell of who you used to be. Many of us, this is what we've done. We've been struggling on our own. We've tried to fix everything. We've tried to fix our marriage. We've tried to manipulate people at work. We've tried to manipulate a health system or manipulate something. You know, we've tried to do all these things, and we... we we just struggle and struggle and struggle and we've become shells of who we, God has really intended us to be. We've allowed this world to suck the life right out of us and we are not who God has called us to be. We're living as shells. There's no life in us. We're basically dead. It goes on to say their feet rush into sin and they are swift to shed innocent blood in verse seven. I want you to hear me very I want you to hear my heart today. Since 1973, we have killed 59 million children in the United States of America. 59 million children. Innocent blood. No voice. 59 million children. Last year alone was almost 900,000. Babies that get ripped out of a mother's womb. Now, I want to be very clear about this. If some of you are feeling judgment because you went down that path today, I got news for you today. The grace of God is amazing. You were not forgotten because of some decision you made somewhere along the way, or you were forced into this, or maybe you thought you were too young, you were talked into this, or whatever has happened. Whatever the perversity of this world tried to manipulate you into, I got news for you: the grace and the love of God is chasing you down. You better believe He's here equipping the ninety-nine today, but He's running after you to reach the one. You are not forgotten. You are not pushed aside just because you made a bad decision. I got news for you: you are not disqualified from receiving the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. You are not forgotten, God. Is is with you he walked with you out of that doctor's office he's sitting right beside you right here right now if you're listening to me online I got news for you you are not forgotten by God today the grace and the love of God is chasing you down there is no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus we're quick to shed innocent blood though we rush into wars shootings and stabbings and all the crazy things that are happening bombs going off everywhere We don't, listen to me, this is not a political thing whatsoever, but listen, we don't have a knife problem. The first murder that ever happened happened with a rock. We don't have a gun problem, we have a a spiritual problem. Our culture is quick to run into death, because we're just living shells of ourselves. We're shells of who God has intended us to be. Justice is far from us in verse 9. Oh let me go back. In verse 8 it says the way of peace we do not know. There is no justice in our path. So many of us we can barely sleep at night. We have no peace. We have no peace. We're so worried and so consumed of where the next dollar is going to come from or how we're going to be able to get the next medication or whether or not our children are going to come back or all the different crazy things that are happening, whether our country is going to implode or all the crazy things that are happening. We sit around and we worry and we get so stressed out and we allow our insecurities and our our shortcomings to overtake the grace and the mercy of God. We have no peace. It says in verse 10, that like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. And not that what our world does? Our world has no idea what's coming tomorrow. They just are trying to get to wherever they're going. If it works, if that feels right, if it feels right, just do it. Our modern culture, listen, particularly in the church, this is where, this is, I, I want to give you a word of warning right here and right now. People in the church, Christians, many people know how it feels, but you have no idea where it's found. I'm talking about the knowing the word of God. Many of us we know how it feels, oh so this is just right. We know listen and we, we just take whoever's word for it or whatever podcast you listen to or whatever preacher you think is good or whoever has the biggest audiences whoever's the most charismatic or yells the loudest or can spit the farthest or grow the best beard we come we we assume that's who we assume that's who thinks who we listen that's not the way it is we've got to go to god's word and find out for ourselves you're going to stand before god one day and you're going to be there alone by yourself nobody else is going to be there to answer for you I gotta hurry up, I don't even know what time it is. So in verse 14, let's just jump down there. It says, so justice is driven back. Righteousness stands at a distance. And truth has fallen in the streets. Truth. Truth has fallen in the streets. The consistency of God. Here's truth, consistency, unwavering, immovable, unstoppable. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the current culture, it's do whatever feels right for you, whichever way the wind is blowing, however it makes it needs to work out for you, you believe that right now. And if it doesn't work tomorrow, then you can just change, it's okay. I was just chatting with a, a, a group of pastors not just a couple weeks ago, and we were talking uh, about some of the things as, as uh, you know, I, doing uh, weddings and counseling and all that stuff for different uh, couples. And here uh, the millennial generation is starting to really get married and uh, they're getting to that age where they're getting married and all that different things. And we're talking with people, the crazy thing about millennials and, and they're, what what they're doing right now for commitment if it doesn't work for them now, they, they could be like, well, uh, it didn't work out, so I'll, I'll go and have an affair, and if we end up coming back together, it's okay, because we were just on a break. There's no real commitment to anything anymore. There's no real consistency. It's just doing whatever works. And listen to me, this, this isn't necessarily a generational problem, because who taught them that? The problem isn't even with a current generation, All they're so far from God. Who taught them that? Who brought them up? Who's responsible? The Bible says, bring up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. They're getting old. Who taught them what? The responsibility falls on us. We are all in the same boat. We're all in the same grace here. We all need the grace of God. We all need the blessing of God. We all need to go back and to begin to live the standard of the truth of God's word. The grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the word of my God will stand forever and forever and forever. This is why it's so important. When there's a problem, when there's something going on, when culture is changing, you don't, listen, There's a lot of good things out there, and I'm not necessarily saying all these things are bad. But we need to be more loyal to the truth of God's word than we are loyal to some pamphlet you get from a union or from what some YouTube video tells you or whatever talking head says on your favorite news channel. I got news for you today. It's time for us to start looking to the standard of God's word and start going to him for everything and stop relying on what the world has to say because they change from one thing to the other. They're left on empty arguments. No wonder there's confusion everywhere. We just do whatever we think works for us now. I serve a God who has never changed. I serve a God who has never changed. My Bible still says that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. You can't get to heaven any other way but through him. That is the standard of God's word. Listen to me. The problem is not God. He constantly cares for us. Regardless of how bad we are, regardless of how awful the things we've done, God keeps coming after us. The problem is not God. The problem is us. It's the collusion of confusion. Nobody knows what to do anymore because we just do whatever works for us now instead of standing on the standard of God's word. Now here's the answer. This is where it gets good. It's been dark for a while, right? Somebody smile. Say it's going to get good. So the Lord looked, the end of verse 15, the Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him. His own righteousness sustained him. Come on, somebody. Remember I told you the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. Come on, you've all watched them walk across the stage. Look at me. Come on. We get so easily distracted anymore, don't we? They do the same thing every week. We're getting right to the crux of the message, and we watch somebody walk across the stage, and we're like, oh. <laughs> Hello, if that doesn't prove to you our human nature is screwed up, we're messed up. We have issues. like I have issues, buddy. you got a lot of them. I know. I heard you. Yeah, yeah, no. I love you. We get so distracted so quickly. So the answer is not us. The answer is Jesus. It's the clarity of Christ. The clarity of Jesus. The life is so simple. Pastor Kyle preached such a powerful message last week. It's simple. Fix your eyes on him. Make the main thing the main thing. It's him. Jesus. The Lord looked and saw there was no one. There was no one righteous, not even one. So he became sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Do you hear that? While I was still sinning, while I turned my back on him, his love fought for me. Today I am overwhelmed by the grace and the love and the mercy of God that's constantly poured on, out on my life. When I'm not faithful, God continues to be more faithful than I could ever imagine. His own arm works salvation for us, He took up our cross. He died on our cross. He bore our shame. He bore our iniquities. He bore our pain, our, our mistakes, our, our mishaps. God took it upon himself. He is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. This is why God can overcome your pain, because he's familiar with your pain. He was led to the slaughter like a sheep is put before its shear is silent. My God worked out salvation for us. And I got news for you, it is the finished work of Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. You're loved by God today. The clarity of Christ is He loves you. And if you'd stop trying to have it all fair, I'm not saying that we don't need to study to show ourselves approved prove a that can rightly divide the word of truth. Listen, I, I understand that. But what I'm telling you is here today, we've tried to manipulate and work it out on our own and try to wrap our own heads around it because if I can understand something, if I can, if, I can, if I can make it and put it underneath my thumb, I'll make it go the way I want it to go. And I'm trying to lean on my own understanding. I'm trying to work it out on my own. And meanwhile, God's saying, no, 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 trust me. Trust me, trust Jesus. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge that He is God. Acknowledge that He is Jesus. Acknowledge that He died on the cross. Acknowledge that He got up out of the grave. And you're going to find He will make your path straight. There might be pit vipers and puff adders all over the place. But even if you get bit by one, it will not hurt you at all. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. You will speak in a new language. The presence of God will be with you. And He will walk with you. And He will talk with you. And He will tell you, you are His. His own the answer is the clarity that comes from serving jesus christ there is a bigger perspective than this oftentimes we cry out we cry out to god for a manifestation god do this heal this fix this Before you could ever receive a manifestation you first need to have the revelation of who Jesus is remember us preaching this to you last year receive the revelation of who Jesus is he's the constant love of God He's the reckless love of God. That when you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is God at that very moment, the old is gone and the new has come. And nothing will ever be able to separate you from that love. Not death, not life, not an angel, not a demon, not the past, not the present, not the future, not an addiction, not depression, not a sickness, not a divorce, not a separation. Nothing could ever separate you. Not something somebody said about you or something somebody did to you as a child. Nothing could ever separate you from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus my Lord. I serve a God who's been chasing you down all day long. It's the clarity of Christ. That's the answer. That's the answer. The Bible says here in verse 19 that when the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a pent-up flood, the breath of God, the breath of God will drive it away. Or some translations say that that God will raise up a standard against it. many of you, you have felt the choking flood of the enemy coming after you. Every direction you've turned. Whether it's been a physical thing or then there's something in the family. That person got the promotion. Instead of you, you've been there longer than them. A friend that you thought you knew has walked out on you. It's been one thing after the other. It's just been Mounting up and mounting up and mounting up and almost like you can barely breathe. I dare you to allow the breath of God to come in. Allow the breath of God to come in and begin to blow life back into you. When God formed Adam in Genesis 2, he took Adam as just a ball of dirt. Adam didn't become a life until God breathed into him. The breath of God. The breath of God will raise up a standard against it. The breath of God will drive that flood along. I told you we were just come back from vacation. A couple years ago, we went to the same place. We go to the Outer Banks. We love it. Nice place or whatever. We were down there a couple years ago. We waited till September to go, the first week of September, because from the last week of August to the first week of September, prices get cut in half. So we went then, and as we're driving, here comes Hurricane Hermine, or whatever that dumb Harry Potter name, whatever that thing is. This hurricane come running up the coast. And here I go driving my wife and my four kids into the middle of a hurricane so I can have vacation. That sounds stupid to anybody in the room. But we went and we stayed right on, right on the coast, Stayed right there for the day. It was come through. We watched the wind. Listen to me. The wind took the entire Atlantic Atlantic Sea and just pushed it wherever it wanted it to go. The wind moved the whole sea. I mean, it was crazy. We woke up the next morning. Actually, we didn't wake up. My wife and I didn't sleep that whole night. <laughs> the windows and everything were shaking. I mean, it was crazy. We woke up and looked outside roof of the gas station was pushed over there there was cars flipped over, in fact I went out to put our luggage back in our car and Augusta wind come along opened up my door and went past the hinges I mean it's just the, the wind was crazy, I'll never forget there was one thing here one thing there, I mean it was a twist, it was a twist you know it was, it was horrible but the wind was so powerful and so strong, it drove the entire flood along, you see here's what I'm telling you This Ruach Yehovah, this is what the Hebrew here for the breath of God, the Ruach Yehovah. Ruach is the same word for breath or spirit. That's why some translations say the spirit of God, Yehovah being God. The spirit of God or the breath of God blows along and drives away the enemy. I believe today the breath of God is going to blow into you. God is going to use you in the name of Jesus to one more time to allow truth to be stood back up on its feet again in Fayette County, Uniontown, Fayette, Southwestern PA, all around this country. I believe today in the name of Jesus, the giftings of God that were placed on you long ago. You say, Tim, I don't have any giftings. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes. Not everybody can preach or sing or do whatever, uh, but listen, some of you, you can mow a yard. You can change oil. You can cook a a dinner for somebody. You can be an ear for somebody to talk to. You can be a shoulder for somebody to cry on. Well, listen, we need ushers. We need greeters. We need people to work in the nursery and, and the student ministry department. Listen, there's a lot of things for a lot of people to be involved in. The breath of God becomes along and begins to blow away the work of the enemy in Jesus' name. Let me say it to you this way. I love the South. I, I'm a, like, I'm a, I live in the North, but I'm a Southerner in spirit. You know what I'm saying? I love the South. I do. Mostly because of the food. Just love the food. Particularly the one thing, sweet tea. Come on, somebody. Say, thank God for sweet tea in this house right now, unless you're possessed of the devil. Say, thank God for sweet tea. I love sweet tea. Up here in the North, you go sit down in a restaurant, act for sweet tea, and they'll look at you like you're from Mars. You know, and they'll come, they'll bring you, well, we don't have sweet tea, we have unsweetened tea. And then they bring you this thing of unsweetened tea and that vile stuff, and they set it in that cup right there. And then they bring you all these little packets of sugar, right? Right? And then for the next, the next half hour, you are emptying packets of sugar, dumping it in there. You can do anything, but it doesn't taste like it's supposed to. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same. But you know what I do notice about sweet tea? You can put all the sugar you want to in that tea, but until it's stirred, it's not sweet. Many of us have a lot of giftings. There's a lot of sugar in some you, but you're not stirred up. The breath of God hasn't been blowing. Allow the breath of God to come in and begin to drive a thing around begun to stir up the giftings in the name of Jesus Christ. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to blow in you and through you in Jesus' name. Listen to me, this is why Jesus said that he would leave and allow the spirit of truth to come to guide us and direct us into eternity times. Listen to me today, it's the spirit of truth that will set you free and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free in Jesus' name. Not free from just kind of saying, oh that's nice but it's free to walk away and live under the power and the authority of Jesus Christ and the glory of the Holy Spirit of God come on would you stand to your feet with me this morning there's an amazing promise that comes when you make a commitment to Jesus there's an amazing commitment that God gives you that he's already made to you long before you make to him all you have to do is say yes and you get to enjoy all the benefits of God and the breath of God begins to blow in you and through you and all of a sudden things begin to bubble up outside of you that's why Jesus said out of the abundance of your heart your mouth will speak in Jesus name many of us we, we, we cop out We we, we weasel out of projecting the truth of Jesus Christ under the name of these false modern garbage things that they, we call like relational evangelism and all this different thing where we take time and we plant seeds and while there's definitely moments for that and you need to make relationships with people folks at the end of the day I'm not promised tomorrow the Bible says today is the day of salvation it's time for us to stand up and be who God has called us to be today right now right here Remember, we serve a God who is relevant and here now. I believe our world is so hungry. They're turning everywhere for the supernatural. Why not give them the real thing? Why not? Over the last several months, we've seen God just... I've shared with you some of the miracles and things. He was just two weeks ago on a Sunday. Actually, it was an 11 o'clock service on Sunday. We just had a time where all of a sudden people just began to worship. Nobody was really praying with anybody else. We were just worshiping God and glorifying God. And all of a sudden people all over the room began to be baptized in the Holy Spirit all over the room. One of them was my 10-year-old son, Josiah. The power of God is so open and available to every man, woman, and child that calls on the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, the presence of God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has called you by name. And he, listen, he's equipping the 99, but today I also believe he's chasing after that one. You've strayed. You've ran away. I prayed this past week. I prayed that God would send people today. You haven't been in church in a long time. You haven't been involved in a long time. Maybe you've been coming, but you're not, you're not plugged in. You're not involved. Honestly, I want to say this as lovingly as I can. If, the power of, if you say you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you say that Jesus, the Savior of all the world, is living inside of you, I have no idea how you can keep Him in. If you not are actively engaged in the work of God here, i, I got to ask you to question whether or not Jesus is living in there or not. I love you enough to say it. I'm not promised tomorrow. I may, I may not be back here mostly because of what I said. Today, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm joking. We have a fantastic pastor. I'm telling you right now, folks, we are on the cusp of one of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Spirit we've ever seen in Fayette County. The question, listen, God is moving. The question is whether or not we're going to move with him. As horrible as we think this opioid epidemic is, I got news to you. God is much bigger and much stronger. As bad as we think this world is not right now, I got news to you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against it. The breath of God drives that flood back in Jesus' name. You better believe as hard as that flood comes in, here comes the breath of God in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior before we go any further, this is your moment. This is your time right here, right now. We're not promised tomorrow. I'm not trying to be morbid. This is truth. Everybody lives forever. The question is where? I pray you would join Jesus because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal to you the, the blessing of God here in just a moment. But if you're here today and you say, Tim, you know what? I need the salvation of God. Today I realize the arm of God is not too short to say, nor is his ear.